The following podcast contains beer, banter, and absolutely no legal advice from four family lawyers speaking in a personal capacity. Any views expressed are our own and not those of our employers or chambers. Any legal commentary is for your amusement only. Always seek specialist legal advice. Welcome to the Without Prejudice podcast. Hi, and welcome to the Without Prejudice podcast. Before we begin, guys, let me introduce you to the fine legal team we have with us. Firstly, we have Dan Chalmers. Hi, Dan. Hi, mate. Uh, Dan is a senior associate at Clinton Solicitors based in Covent Garden in London. Dan is a top family solicitor and has been described by a senior barrister as probably one of the best solicitors I've ever worked with. However, for today's purposes, Dan's real talent is drinking Guinness and lots of it. Next, we have Sean Hilton. Hi, Sean. Hi, Darren. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Sean is a senior associate at Stevens and Bolton, based in Surrey. Like Dan, Sean is also very highly regarded, and one of the top legal directories describes Sean as one of the best associates on the market. However, Sean's real talent is drinking wine. <laughs> Next, we have our little barrister, Mr. Oh Matt. God, we're keeping with the little barrister <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, it's gonna stick. It's so gonna stick. I thought we'd lost that at F two. <laughs> when you grow a little. Um, next, we have our little barrister, Mark Samuels. Hi, Mark. Hello, Darren. Mark is a highly rated barrister at the Thirty Six Group in London, and is certainly one of the ones to watch. Mark is an expert in both family and chancery law, which means he is fantastic on anything to do with family trust. However, Mark's real talent is that, despite his size. He can now drink the lot of us. Very Actually, that, that is probably true. I'll take that. Finally, we have me. <laughs> uh, I'm Darren Hark of Vitalingham Case Solicitors, based in Moorgate, London. So, guys, the pilot was a success, and here we are. How's everybody been? Good, thank you, mate. Yeah, it's been, uh, how long has it been? About a week since we've uh, touched base. Is it a little bit punchy to already call EP1 a success? I'm not sure that anyone's listened to it yet. Well, how, so our, our, our demographic went from four to at least five or six, I think. I think we're, uh, <laughs> we're pushing the boat out. Um, yeah, I guess we should probably explain that we're doing this via Zoom because of lockdown reasons. Um, and the idea is that we might be eventually doing this in person over uh, a drink. But yeah, no, I thought it went well. And uh, yeah, I think we're, we're good to go on this one as well. So uh, how, how have you guys been? I've been all right, actually, yeah. Much of the same, I think, as we sort of alluded to before. The uh, week two summary of lockdown is probably going to be fairly similar to the week one summary of lockdown. But getting on with things and enjoying being at home with uh, Caroline and little Felicity. So I can't complain, really. How about you, Darren? Yeah, I've been good. Same old. We'll try not to focus too much on the lockdown this week because I think we covered that last week and everybody knows how grim it is. Uh, But ticking along, ticking along. I think last week when we discussed when this might end, from speaking to people since the feedback I've got, we were very optimistic. But let's see. Let's try and avoid talking about uh, talking about that this week and see. If we we, we look on there. the bright side, Darren. Yeah, I think so. I think so. So, gents, do we have a topic for today? I thought it'd be good to talk sort of quickly about where we're at, sort of in our careers and professions, and where we've come from. And I've had this week. Um, through my firm are kind of thinking about changes in the access to the profession and probably not a topic that's going to be hugely interesting for my mum who is also an avid listener now by the way it seems that she's not going to be qualifying anytime soon but you I, I think it's as well 
yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, we yeah can, I did if, as well. yeah. if your mum's not keen, then you've got to can it, really, haven't you? Let's be honest. Absolutely. No, I speak to her on a regular basis. So I was just checking she got it. She probably got it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway, sidestepping Dan's interruption. Let's, um, let's talk about our sort of pathways in and um, how we got to where we got to, really. It's funny, actually, because on EP1, you described um, my background as coming to the dark side because, as you guys know, I originally trained as a solicitor, trained in a city New York law firm in their London and Hong Kong offices. And in 2014, I transferred to the bar, uh, having been a solicitor advocate. And I was actually quite lucky because I was exempt from pupillage. So, so lucky. I managed to get myself a tenancy before transferring um, or the offer of a tenancy. I seem to be one of the very few barristers that have gone in that direction. Most people seem to be jumping the other way. And what was well, it that uh, made you want to be a, uh, well, a lawyer in the first place, Mark? Oh, now, <laughs> do you know, it's funny you ask that question because I, I sit on the pupillage committee um, in chambers and I do some of the pupillage interviews, particularly for the commercial team. And of course, that's one of the kind of standard questions you ask applicants. And I, you, you hear all the kind of very, very obviously sincere and polished answers. And then I immediately cover it by telling them that I don't know about you chaps, but I, I stumbled into the legal world. I did some internships in advertising and a couple of newspapers, I think. And then I did some VAC schemes and was offered a training contract pre-GDL. And I have to confess, I mean, it was obviously I was excited and enthused about doing a training contract. I don't think I particularly thought through the implications of you accept this contract, you continue for two years, and then you are a qualified lawyer, and that is your profession. And, you know, obviously, it's, it's a terrific experience for me and a terrific experience for most people. But I don't think aged 20 or whatever it was at university, I had properly thought through necessarily what my career path would be. Maybe just I'm missing like, just a stumbling in. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we, we've all done it. Uh, yeah, I, I did I'll... an eighteen-month one. I got, I think I got of our six reduction. fans. We lost three there. <laughs> <laughs> At least three. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got. Uh, I got a reduction. I don't know if you guys did because I did uh, a big stint as a paralegal. Um, well, a big stint a year before mine. So that, yeah, did anyone else get a reduction in their contract? No. No, I did the full. I did the full shebang. Um, yeah, me too. Just you now. Anyway, go on. Just me. Well, uh, I, will, um, I did get a reduction because I did a year's paralegal at a uh, regional firm in Surrey. Much like Mark, I landed in this. I was thinking either I could be uh, a lawyer or a teacher, actually, way back when. When I went to uni, I chose a subject that I was good at for A-level. Um, I did philosophy at university, which is why I'm so spiritual and out there. Um, they can't see me waving my hands around, can they? Um, but uh, did that, did well, got, got a decent degree and then decided actually what I'll do is I'll do the uh, GDL because it's something that I could, I could teach if I didn't want to be a lawyer. I could then teach law. It's another subject I could look at. And then just kept going. Uh, did the GDL, loved family, loved criminal law, um, landed on my feet at a firm that did both and specialised really in those two. So went from there but uh, very quickly realized that crime didn't pay in all respects and uh, and love family so stuck with that um i, I think sean touched on it in the first uh, episode it was actually you know family law is 
um, with people's people. Yeah, really enjoy it. And now I'm at uh, Clinton's in London. Always really wanted to work in London um, and I'm kind of uh, scratching an itch that I've had for quite a while to be in central London. And yeah, it's, it's going well. And, and as Darren said, I'm not sure who I paid to get that quote that you said yeah. um, or how many drinks I bought them <laughs> for that quote in the beginning. But yeah, loving it. And uh, much like Mark, just, you know, fell into it and kept going. And, uh, you know, we're nine years qualified down the line. I think the big question here is at what point in your journey did you give up on your dream of being a professional Ross Kempit impersonator? <laughs> no, never give up is the first message to all our listeners. <laughs> never give up. You can achieve. But uh, so I got, this, oh, this, is gonna be, this is a long story now. I got married in 2011, day after Prince William. My mum's claim to fame is that she went to both weddings back to back, invited by William to his and then came to mine. A massive letdown the next day in Croydon. But I got married then and we got married fairly early. I was 26 and because I had hair. So we were going to get married as quickly as possible. So I would look good in the photos. That wasn't the only reason. Obviously, we love each other dearly. Um, <laughs> but all of that. But what I'm getting onto that is it's actually my wedding anniversary tomorrow. So I'm actually what they can't see is I'm leaning and closing the door here. So my wife just got in the house. But I forgot all about it. Given this lockdown situation, I completely forgot. So I've been straight on. I've got some flowers and booze and everything coming tomorrow but uh, I'm going to be hand making a card out of a council's notebook I think at this stage um, genius so, uh, so, genius so, so, so I don't think genius but, uh, is the right word there Sean to be honest with you he just said he's shutting the door so his wife uh, can't hear this who is um, one of our listeners so uh, <laughs> well, well she's not yet that's the thing so see, it's all very tactical it's all tactical um, I'm going to introduce that to her well after I've apologised for the mistake of not getting next her proper anniversary present. It's right. <laughs> next, next year's the big one. It's 10 years, so we're good to go. But yeah, the, the hair thing was only, I don't know, it was a few years ago, more when I was maybe five years ago, probably longer than I think now. I hated it, really hated it. I had a big problem with it. But actually, once I got rid, it was a big kind of weight off, really. And it's really, as you can see, really. Literally. <laughs> well, I've I've only known you this way, Dad. I, to be honest with you, I don't know if Mark, Sean, have you? Did you know Dad when he uh, when he in those days where he had hair? No, I didn't. But I have seen the wedding pictures. So did so you not, Sean? Uh, I've known you probably the longest out of the four, Sean. I thought you might have done. I don't think so, mate. I think maybe it was it wasn't quite this sharp, but it was. Yeah, I think he had a little bit of hair, but not hadn't gone full Ross Kemp yet. Good times, but yeah, no, um, that, that was about it. So, uh, yeah, no hair, proper good lawyer now, probably one of the best solicitors ever. I think it said, I think I've adapted that already, but um, I'm gonna write it down. <laughs> artistic license, Dan, absolutely, mate. What about you, Darren? What's your story? Well, this is just a stop, stop gap for me. I'm waiting to be spotted <laughs> playing 11 aside football on Clapham Common each Sunday. <laughs> um, I am 32 years old now and I'm hoping that uh, someone's going to come knocking soon but uh, a bit like you guys I kind of stumbled into becoming a lawyer and then becoming a family lawyer as well I, uh, I think I originally owe it to, uh, to my mum one of our listeners um, who set me up some work experience at a criminal law firm way back when in, um, in Salford and I thought hmm this could be uh, this could be interesting and then as well, I was at university and did some work at uh, some volunteer volunteering down the Citizens Advice Bureau and kind of thought, you know, I like this. I'll see, and a, a bit like you guys, I'll, I'll carry on. I'll put the training contract applications out. I'll see where it goes. 
um, ended up working with a, uh, a full service law firm in Manchester uh, for a few years. And even there, never thought I'd end up as a family solicitor. Um, it was only having worked with a really good team up there that kind of steered me that way and made me think, actually, I love this. And as Sean and Dan have and Mark have touched upon, this is really much a people versus game. Um, so I took to it. Um, worked there for a few years before moving down to London in 2017. Yeah, and I now work with Vitalingham K, which is a great firm. And yeah, really, uh, really interesting career path to get where I, where I am now. When you look back, it's quite, it's quite funny, the, the, little, the little things that get you, get you out where you are. You know, but, yeah. it's interesting. The process of getting a training contract, um, well, I think was pretty, it was tricky in our time, trickier now, I understand. And thinking about it, I did, you know, I don't know about you all, but I made quite a few applications, et cetera. So maybe, you know, as the years go by, you sort of romanticize your pathway in. And, and actually, it was probably a very deliberate, it must have been, presumably. The memory works for any ways, doesn't it? I mean, maybe that was the case. Once I put my mind to, yes, OK, I want to pursue, pursue law, then, yeah. And any listener who is wanting to embark on a legal career, um, you know, I'm sure we're all the same. You send off so many training contracts applications and it becomes quite um, disheartening um, if, you, if, if you don't get it. And I imagine most people in this profession have, have experienced that. But, it's, you know, you, you dust yourself off and you carry on. And uh, Matt, uh, Dan's shaking his head. Is he a... Uh... No applications, mate, just straight into a firm. Because uh, I was probably one of the best solicitors they'd ever worked with. So it's just straight in heard about me i i went through the same as everyone else i was sending all the letters out i tell you what one thing that i am really glad about is that i did it when we all did it around the same sort of period because yeah i agree i, I, I wouldn't want to do it now um, no. the, the the gap is just it has come smaller and smaller and smaller and um you know it, what it does mean is the people coming through are very good um and you know the solicitors and barristers are brilliant um, that are being taken on but uh, yeah i wouldn't want to be doing it now yeah i agree with that how about yourself, Sean? No, we have uh, gone full circle. We haven't touched on you yet. Yeah. Well, I, I originally was going to be a lawyer in the army. Well, that was my plan when I was sort of 15, 16, was to join the army legal service. Well, I come from a military background, uh, military family. And I think sort of my dad was quite keen for me to join the army, be an officer. Um, I quite like the idea of a bit of travel and the excitement of, of that. And so sort of dabbled in some territorial army stuff when I was younger and was a bursar through the army. So they effectively paid my fees to go to university, which was amazing. Uh, and the plan was to finish uni, get, get my law degree, and then, as I say, join the army legal service. But having got the degree under my belt, it then became apparent that in order to join the army legal service, I'd have to do my training contract in a civilian firm first. And so I same as all of us went through that really tricky process of making all the applications was really fortunate to get a training contract at a great firm a regional firm and still kind of planned to finish that and then join the army legal service but for whatever reason having had friends who sort of you know joined the army a few years beforehand and seeing that maybe the grass wasn't greener i decided uh, that i enjoyed family law and to stick it out and so that's sort of how I ended up where I am, really. Good man. Well, I think we've all, um, I think we'd all be fairly proud of ourselves. Uh, Mark, when did you join Chambers? Three years ago. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, nearly we, three years ago. So within the last three three years, uh, definitely, we've all moved to our, our current firm. 
and some more recently than others, but we've all made, I think, brilliant moves. Uh, you know, we're all at very good firms now. Um, we've got to say that for legal reasons and because we're on the job <laughs> after this. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's great, you know, and actually we've gone to good firms with good work and it's probably the reason we all know each other because we've done, you know, well and therefore are at good firms and therefore been exposed to certain work and to certain people. Um, unfortunately, it was you lot, but... Uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a reflection on you all that you know me, good or bad. Here's a question for you all. If you could wave a magic wand and you're doing, you would be doing a completely different career. A, would you choose to wave the wand? And B, what would it be? Oh, good question. That's a good question. I've been thinking about this, not because I'm planning a career change. Don't worry to the partner whom I work for. Um, <laughs> but... I think, and this isn't just because of the situation we're in, it's something that I've sort of always thought about. A, I don't think I would change at the moment. I'm loving what I'm doing. But if I did do a different job, I think I'd be a paramedic. Okay. Because I think that there's some transferable skills from what we do and just the idea of, you know, being able to help people out and do that. I think they do an incredible job. So that that would be mine. Very good. Wow. You always brings it to a nice sensible clear it does note, isn't, isn't it it, it does it's going to be the sensible one that everyone loves isn't he well dan you go next and do the funny one uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well I, I i know what i would be i think um i i don't I, I, like sean i have no inkling and uh i'm happy being uh, a family lawyer um i i enjoy my job and my life at the moment but uh, I, I know what I would be. I'd probably be something like a personal trainer. I I love just. I, I'm probably not the most fittest, uh, as Darren can attest to, uh, given that we're about to fight a boy. Should should have fought a boxing match, but uh, are going to fight and do course against each other for charity. But I, I love all of that. I love I love sport. I love exercise. I love getting out there. I love people. You know, being a PT or doing something like that or helping people with exercise. I don't know. Just in that kind of environment or you know working or running your own gym or something like that yeah i've yeah. always been like you know kind of averagely good at all sports i don't excel really at any um I can, dan I can you're being all. modest you're being modest you're am, you're good at many sports <laughs> yeah but i'm not you know i don't i've never represented my country at anything um i've never you know, I sort of played. That's quite a high bar, Dad. I was going to say that. That, <laughs> yeah, that's the threshold. You've got to set your bars high. Um, I'm never going to be a professional athlete, is where I would set the bar. But um, other than that, you know, I, I like to do all that sort of stuff. So it'd probably be that. But the obvious answer, isn't it? It's something like, oh, I'd love to be a footballer. But, you know, that's, that's purely for financial gain. And, you know, we do all right and we, we get by. So I, I don't really think any. It would be fun to play good. football with your mates and get paid for it. But well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I alluded yeah. to I alluded to that earlier, but um, you know it's it's really nice. You two guys have really taken a you know a, a solid approach there, a paramedic and uh, and a PT. Um, I'm going to shoot for the stars, and I'm going to say if I was doing something else, I want to be an astronaut. <laughs> shoot for the stars, literally. I can't think of anything better. If I could do one thing on this world, in this world, it would be go and see space. So yeah, why not? This is a, this is a fantasy, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> It can be wherever you need it to be. <laughs> Mark's bored already. He's like, yeah, all right, yeah. You've broken the, the rules. I'm just thinking, how on earth can I follow astronaut? <laughs> I'm sure you'll do it.
It's funny, I pose the question, but I don't particularly have the answer. Let's uh, pick one for Mark then. Actually, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, like I'm oh. going principal for the Russian ballet. Just chucking that out there. <laughs> <laughs> what, like the lead role in a ballet? Yeah. So for people that haven't met me that are listening to this podcast, <laughs> currently the little barrister who is also the Russian ballet dancer, that couldn't be further away from. Actually, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be further away. Uh, uh, you know what? I'll close. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll have that branding. Well, we touched earlier on the kind of, as I said, the, the the reason that I thought about this for this week was because I've been thinking about this roots into law thing. Um, and I wonder whether at some point someone might listen to this who's either thinking about a career change or trying to get into the legal profession or something like that, um, or even just deciding whether or not they want to be a family lawyer. What do you guys think would be your top tip for someone? And I'm not talking about kind of, you know, the application process and stuff, but more what, what is the, the key thing that you think gets you through your practice on a day-to-day basis? One very big tip, find yourself, and I was very lucky to have this in my training contract and in uh, then in Chambers, find yourself a mentor. Um, doesn't need to be a formal relationship or, you know, mentor-mentee thing, but find someone who, who you aspire to learn from and emulate because I think that if you if you are lucky to find a role model within this industry, and you know there are a lot of fundamentally, I think careers can be absolutely um, made if you find the correct person to really emulate and go on a journey with. And I think that we are a refraction of those who we work with. And mentoring is extremely important. <laughs> I think I've said that in the most inarticulate <laughs> way, but I, I do actually mean it. There are a handful of people who I owe my career to. You're and welcome. When I say handful, <laughs> I basically only mean Dan Chalmers. <laughs> You're He's all welcome. You, He's clearly taught you modesty, Mark. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What about you guys? Something more articulate, hopefully. The sentiment was there. Um. Who, is, who is your mentor, Mark? Did we get to know who it was? Did you have one? Well, my current mentor. Well, Yes, but you said that. Do you know what? Maybe sort of. Actually, you know, I think maybe I got tangled because mentor is the wrong word. I think um, you develop you and mean... grow. You develop and grow based on the company that you keep, and if you find a handful of interesting people, no, I do not mean you guys, by the way. Yes, you do. <laughs> I do. You end I up think shape... you're right. There, I, I think that's you right. End up shaping I think it... each other's careers, and you, you absolutely do. That's right. I, I, that's got to be right, and I think that. Um... We, uh, oh, oh, tell me we've lost Sean. That'd be brilliant. No, I'm, I'm here. Oh, we've got him. And what happens when Sean goes off of Zoom is we get a lovely professional picture of him. Oh, he's sideways. I oh, know he's back. There he is. Look at his little <laughs> face. It is about who you spend time with and who you work with. And actually, we've probably got as many kind of referrals through work from each other and from other close contacts, solicitors, barristers, um, you know, other people that work in the profession. And because of the kind of community and the people you associate with, I think that's, um, you know, it's something that maybe it's not the mentor vibe, although I agree again with Mark, that is important, but actually the, the connections you make are equally as important and can and just as equally shape your career moving forward. 
totally agree. I think, um, yeah, definitely surround yourself with good people. Yeah. Um, I think my top tip would be honesty. And that's not sort of suggesting that we're that lawyers are liars or whatever it might be, but more be honest with yourself about the kind of person you are and how you want to practice. And be honest when you make mistakes, which you will do, because so many people trip themselves up by getting something wrong and then not owning up and trying to cover it up, you know, in various ways. Um, and be honest with the people that you work for about what your capacity is and your limitations are and your strengths and weakness, weaknesses, because that's the only way you're really going to develop your own practice is if you're really honest about what kind of lawyer you want to be. And that in itself will lead you to make a decision about where you want to work. So, you know, what area of law and then maybe are you a London lawyer? Are you a regional lawyer? What's important to you? And I think that our job, as we said so many times now, is about people and relationships. And you can't have that without trust and you can't have trust without honesty. So I'd say that would be my top thing. Is that a line from a movie? Yeah, I think if it's not, it bloody should be. And I will be collecting the Oscar. <laughs> I'll be collecting the Family Law Award for Best Closing Line this year at that ceremony. When our podcast is up for awards, that's what we'll play. Just yeah, that just segment of Sean. Yeah. yeah. They'll have no idea what we're about. Perfect. Wow. Well, that was three real heartfelt tips there. Um, so it's over to me now. Top tip. Always follow win. the money. I'll, always win. <laughs> yeah, follow the money. No, and I, I, I'll, I'll touch on the same thing. I'd say treat people how you expect to be treated yourself because we're, you know, we're good friends and we treat each other well and it pays dividends for our respective practices because we refer work to each other. We, when we have cases together, we deal with one another very amicably and in the, you know, it usually results in the best um, outcomes for, for our clients. And look, we're all, um, even Dan, smart guys. Um, most, <laughs> most, most ladies and gentlemen in the, in the profession are smart. And what I think what separates us is the most that we have in <laughs> most of them quite well. Yeah. We'll come, we'll come back to that <laughs> in another podcast. Yeah. That could be a new part. Um, <laughs> most of it, I will use the word most, most of us are really good uh, and very smart. And what separates us is that, um, how we are with each other and that's how i think that's how you get on trying to climb to the top to the expense of your peers your colleagues your friend uh isn't going to win nicely so yeah that would be my top tip and um, that is so heartfelt from all four of us there we, i know look at we, us softies we yeah, come also, so nicely we get paid loads of money and have loads of fun <laughs> um, so what what are we what are we drinking this week boys what's on the bar list for this evening's same again for me cast King of beers. You love those, don't you? You love the Budweiser's. But it's, you know, I'm a Guinness man, and these are the only kind of beers that I can drink that, you know, just agree with me. I like it. Well, I don't just go down so easy. The bad thing is they, they do go down very easy. They do. But what I don't understand is, um, because I like Guinness myself, um, it's, it's, you're drinking lager. Uh, I, I used to, you know, I loved lager, and I drank lager. I loved lager. That sounds, sounds a bit strong. I liked lager and drank a lot of it, but I must have given up about seven, eight years ago. And now I barely touch the stuff. So um, you make it sound like a hard drug. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've weaned off lager, guys. I'll be going to classes. I'll be going to counselling. I've given up. I've got my tokens. I'll be giving exactly, it up for a while. Exactly. What you can't see is I've got a drip under the table, feeding IPA straight into our bloodstream. 
Um, so I've, uh, that's how I've replaced it and got over the uh, the lager phase. You want an IPA again this time, are you, Darren? I am, yeah, yeah. Not the tangerine flavored one we was uh, blessed with last week. This is uh, this is again uh, for that plug for Brewdog. If they're listening, they uh, they want to send some money or beer my way, preferably beer. I'm drinking our a- way to all of us. Yeah, I said our way, did I not? From no, IPA. Tip of the tongue, then, mate. Ah, ah, I've just revealed some. Uh... <laughs> Mark's either got a water or he's on the hard stuff. No, no, it's definitely not water. I am currently on botanist. Sean, what is that? Sean's <laughs> shoulders all up. With By the way, massive uh, for those who can't see, Sean is currently drinking from a vase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this That's is... bigger than a tankard. It's not, it's only a bottle. So I've got uh, Hogsback tea, traditional English ale, which is actually one of my all-time favourites. And um, Hogsback Brewery is close to where I work in Guildford. Absolutely stonking beer. And it's in my Hofbrau oh. house glass from Munich. Um, Sean, so ho- ho- it's a giant glass. It is a giant glass. Hold that against your head, just so we can just... That's a big glass. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's chin, to, chin, chin it's, to the top of his hair. It's, <laughs> it's designed for two pints, so that's why it's a big glass. Good times. Last orders at the bar, please. Well, uh, what we said, guys, was uh, when we were coming to the end, I think we've, we agreed we'd do kind of a more of an introducing us to the world kind of pod again, and we'll get on to different things. But as the introducer, Darren gets to name the pod, um, and we're going to have a, a name of every episode. So have you got any thoughts, Darren? No, which is, uh, which is unfortunate, really, for this, partic- <laughs> for this particular segment of the, of the show. So um, given Darren, that you season- dropped the ball again. Two Shit. jobs, mate. <laughs> introduce and name the pod given that this is the first time in which we've done this name the pod and there's no real real set in stone but how i'm going to determine it is by selecting the best name that you three can come up with so dan mark and sean what's the name of the pod and i'll have the determining vote to say what it's going to be called so we'll start with you mark oh okay i need a bit of help here sean what was your <laughs> what was your one-liner <laughs> Really, uh, what was your your Oscar winning oh, chat? Um, <laughs> you, uh, you can't have you can't have trust without honesty. There you go. That is the name of the movie. No, no, That's we're not having that. Name. Jesus, no. <laughs> it's all so nice. We've actually been really nice today. <laughs> it has been quite nice, yeah. Well, Epis- episode two. Sean is a lovely bloke. Well, I'll go for uh, because of Darren's quote about me right at the beginning. I'll go for. Um, Probably the best podcast in the world, along with the <laughs> Carlsberg theme. And with that quote, there you go. Does that mean it's up to me then? I'd yeah. say, given what we talked about in terms of how we all got into the law and stuff, I would call it, I stumbled into it. There stumbled into it. Wow. I'd agree with that. It's Darren's call. It's three different approaches. It's three different approaches. So, uh, I'll tell you where, Matt. I've dismissed Mark's because uh, it was too nice. Dan, probably this is our this is our first one uh, post the pilot episode. Probably the best pod ever. Um, I mean, it's aiming high. It's really good, and I like it. I like the optimism. I like the self belief. But a lot of things we spoke about were um, modesty and about treating other people well, and so on and so forth. And I think that might be a bit too gung ho. So I'm going to go with Sean. I'm going to go with Sean. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right, lads. Well, uh, yeah, we've all got places to be, people to see. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Until next time. Stay Until safe. Next time. Stay safe, everybody. Take, Take care, guys. Cheers.
Cheers, boys. Cheers. See you later. That's time.